every fourth quarter, every crunch time, that man is throwing up on him, the front of his jersey because he has no idea what to do. His butthole is getting tight. Oh, my God. Tight because he is shook out there. And you're telling me that you can't handle Kyle Larry in the post? You got Kyle Larry, dad bod Kyle Larry, one on one in the post, and you're passing it up? What you what you gonna think you what you gonna do when Bam out of Bios on your ass? What you gonna do when Jimmy Butler, a grown ass man from Texas, gets on your ass? Yeah, what's good? It's your boy South Three Seven Zero Six. Wakanda forever. Wakanda for always. Wakanda for love on Twitter. This is KTSC Av. I don't have my read up for our like talking points or whatever, but you know what it is. It's episode 16. We have some very special, luxurious guests for this uh omnipotent podcast. We have uh Coon Sellis Wiley. Now, apparently, that's I like that. Uh Kiana, uh, another Augustine, the second, third greatest Augustine and Augusta here's history besides behind James Brown and myself. And then we have uh, Joy. <laughs> Check her out. I enjoy my world on YouTube. Definitely follow her fellow Falcons fan. And we have uh, Marcus Sniffles, our resident Falcon slash Colts fan. What's good, y'all? Mm. Mm. here. Cooning for the white man. <laughs> I'm just, okay, wait. <laughs> That's really and truly, we really are. <laughs> we really are. Out here tap dance. Another day, another tap dance. Hey, man, got to get them coins. Got to get this bread. Marcus, what's good? Hey, man, I'm feeling good. Just got me a nice little win in Call of Duty before I came on. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling nice. Yes, definitely. Uh, shout out to El Chapa and uh, AC3 Savage. He's definitely dropping a lot of weight on his his weight loss journey. So definitely check him out, support him. And shout out to my Los Angeles Lakers. As you can see, I'm repping the purple and gold right now. You dig? You know what I'm saying? We out here. Uh, we are currently beating the brakes off the Houston Rockets at halftime, 62 to 51. LeBron has 14, 4, and some change at the half. And you know what? Let's get these guys out of here. I mean, it's the old one, two, three Cancun. Shout out to Bamani Jones. Like somebody figured <laughs> out that James Harden is already on his third drink and second dance, and we already we already don't know that yet. Like he knows it, but we don't know it yet. But he's already there. He's out of here. He's already at the strip club. So shout out to James Harden. But anywho, tying in the sports. So we finally got NFL football, which I was I'm still baffled that this has happened because I didn't think we were gonna get like a legitimate season, but here we are. And uh, the NFL is, we're going to keep it a buck. They've been pandering to the black people, like if we're keeping it real. Like you got end racism and Black Lives Matter and all kinds of demonstrations. So in, in, in true American fashion, um, the players, you know, there was one player that kneeled, number 57, I didn't get his name. But before the game or after the anthem, they came out and they showed, you know, they showed a sign of unity. Both teams locked arms, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, we're all one team, one fight. We can do this together, and they were uh, they were booed pretty viciously by uh, the non-mask wearing eighteen thousand people in the Kansas City Chiefs Stadium, which again takes us back full circle back to Kaepernick. First, the issue was kneeling for the national anthem, so they booed him. He got blackballed. They pretty much booed players, told them to get those son of a bitches off the field. Yada yada yada. Fast forward, what four years? Four years and some change, and now the NFL is like full on board this initiative. Like they've just gone like playing the black national anthem before the broadcast, just really doing the most, like doing the most right now. 
Like, and the fans just like, yeah, fuck all that equality, racism shit. Give me my football. I don't care. Give me my football. I don't care about your black life. Give me my football. That's apparently all that matters to the fans. So uh, just before we get to the game, what are your thoughts on the, uh, you know, America, American Ming, I guess. Let me get this link out real quick. Thoughts. There are two things that I find very funny about <clears throat> white slash rich America is that, A, they think that simple statements like end racism are like controversial things. <laughs> like these are things to argue over and to like split sides about. Like maybe we shouldn't end racism. I don't know why that's like the opposing side of their argument. So that's you, really funny to me. You gotta see both sides. <laughs> I, apparently, like stop killing black people is like, whoa, hold on, wait a minute, let's yeah. let's let's weigh those uh, options. And then I also think that it's funny that they are so contradictory at times. Whereas, like you said, don't kneel, but also like don't not come on the field, but also like don't stand there and do this. Like, there's so many rules that at some point it's going to be the NFL is either going to say, look, let's just go back to normal. We're tired of the quote unquote backlash hashtag backlash. Um, or like they're just gonna have to not care. Like players are just gonna have to not care at some point. Um, but it's it's always funny to me what what white America gets upset about. Like they don't have to. I don't know if they conceptualize that their like worries and angers in the world are different than most people. I don't know. It's just like white people live in a totally different world. It's just like everything. Like everything that happens, they just. I don't want my politics and sports whatsoever. And I'm not sure like what political party has to deal with uh, showing a sign of unity. Like, is that a Republican thing or is that a Democratic thing? Or is that like a Green Party? Like standing, locking arms shows like what political leaning. Like, I don't, I don't understand why they felt the need to do that. But I mean... You give white people a chance to embarrass you in public, they will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, it, it's it's sad, but I mean, I don't even know what to say no more, man. Well, like, and, and it's also ironic, too, that like I saw the graphic from the NFL's official Twitter that said, and racism in front of the Kansas City Chiefs like logo. It's like... <laughs> another thing it's just like i mean how are you though like do you believe that because like we had to fight with you for a very long time just to get you to that redskin is a slur and should not be the face of a franchise and then you go and put in racism over chiefs which is not much better than so it's just like are you guys listening to yourselves like what it's just this scramble this mad dash to be on the right side of history that nobody's like really taking a true evaluation of the way that things are run in the league. So they're just throwing out these empty statements and in racism over Kansas city chiefs and Neil and let's play the black national anthem that like, I don't know how a lot of black people that even know the worst of the black national anthem. And it's like, let's throw all these empty gestures out, but like not really make any tangible change within our league. That's, that's the big issue, not the big issue, but I will give the NFL credit for putting end racism in the end zone because when you do something like that, it calls people to question exactly what is going on in your league. Why is it that a quarterback like Johnny Menzel 
go or not Johnny Manziel, but like Baker Mayfield goes number one overall. But Lamar Jackson teams have to trade up to get him. You know, quarterbacks like uh, uh, fuck the Bears quarterback, uh, Trubisky. Trubisky. He gets drafted top five from a small non-football school, but someone like Deshaun Watson, who played in two back-to-back championship games against Nick Saban's Alabama defense and made them look bad both games. They throw a quick screen. Watson with the catch. Leaps for a touchdown. Oh, shit. Hopefully you don't get pulled off the air for that, but <laughs> but yeah, he he gets drafted. He doesn't get drafted in the top ten. And Pat, the Patrick Mahomes, I, I kind of understand that. But we can you can go back through the years of all these mediocre white quarterbacks that get drafted over these better black quarterbacks. You look at the Oakland Raiders. Mike Mayock's been on TV for twenty something years. <clears throat> has no front office experience, no general managing experience. Nothing, and all of a sudden, he's just general manager of the Oakland Raiders with no type of experience. Uh, if you look at the eat, we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid, a uh, few years back, his offensive coordinator, Doug Peterson, he got a head coaching job for Philadelphia. His next offensive coordinator was Brad Childress. I think he got a job somewhere else. His next offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy, he's a head coach in uh, Chicago. Those guys are white, right? They had no problem getting an interview, getting a job. His current offensive coordinator, Eric uh, Bieniemy, he's been there for three years. They got to the uh, conference, uh, champion, the conference finals game, and they won the Super Bowl. That man can't get an interview for a head coaching job. He can't get an interview. But the previous two out of the three white. Offensive coordinators or head coaches somewhere else? Like, how does this work? So I'll give them credit for putting, hey, and racism, but they need to look inside their own organization. Like, hey, what are we doing as an organization, as a league, and as a business where all these white people are just skipping the line and getting all these privileges and all the black people and other people of color are just kind of like, hey, man, I, I, I coached the MVP. I've coached the offense that won the Super Bowl, and I can't get a job interview. But you got the the Cardinals head coach, who was a mediocre college coach, and he's a head coach. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, again, according to Mark Marcellus Wiley, uh, white privilege doesn't exist. We'll get get to that in a minute. But speaking of the left field trade, just enter the uh, the podcast. What's happening? Crips uh, up, you know, you know what it is. Oh, uh, get him out of here, yeah, gang, gang. <laughs> but, uh, speaking of mediocre quarterbacks to get drafted high, actually, me and uh, Lucky Latrice the other day, as far as like Blake Bortles getting drafted number three overall from UCF, like, I mean, it was a terrible draft. Well, not a terrible draft. But as far as quarterbacks, it wasn't a great draft. Like, it had Johnny Menzel and Teddy Bridgewater, who I think without injury would have been a serviceable starter. I mean, if he was white, he would be, but, you know, black people don't get that much rope in the NFL. But, I mean, imagine drafting Blake Bortles and then not picking Khalil Mack, like, two two picks later. Like, that's – Wasn't Odell Beckham in that draft, too? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. There's like, a – If you need a quarterback and you don't see one that you're, like, in love with, there's no problem. Just trade down. Do it next year. There's another quarterback coming around the bend. Just, just wait. Be patient. You don't want to mess that pick up. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident I can run the Jaguars franchise better than uh, 
who was it? David Codwell, who uh, unfortunately uh, came from the Falcons organization. So, yeah, yeah. Shout out to him for finessing from uh, the Falcons. So it is what it is. But, yeah, it, it's crazy. What, what are your thoughts on the whole uh, the Chiefs game? Then we even got to the game. All right, let's get to the game real quick. I'm sorry, guys. We, we were, you know, we're living in a very racially divided time right now. So as, as usual, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs, they beat the Houston Texans pretty handily 34 to 20. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is 24 for 32, 211 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, Clyde edwards helaire was kind of the darling of the, the media right now, having 25 carries for 138 yards and one touchdown. And Deshaun Watson ran for his life. He got sacked four times, and they put up 20 points, which the score isn't really indicative of how the game actually went. Like, by the third quarter, that game was over. Like, I stopped watching it. I'm like, hey, man, I got other shit to do, but – Real quick side note, one person that caught my eye that Twitter told me was done was David Johnson, who averaged seven yards a carry at 11 for 77, and he looked pretty good. Like, he wasn't, like, worth, you know, nuke good, but he was he was serviceable for somebody that, that Twitter told me was not good. So, shout out to DJ. Yeah, I didn't watch the game because I had other shit to do, but... um. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of knew what was going on. <laughs> it is really I didn't watch the game. I was busy, so whatever. <laughs> but it's still kind of weird, though. Like, it's just like, I can't, it's still hard to imagine football is here. Like, without the preseason, it's like, oh, shit, there's a game this week. Oh, shit, let me let me make sure I got my stuff together. Yeah, it feels kind of stupid. Too. I don't even know why. Like, that's the thing. Like, sometimes I'll have to, uh, I'll catch myself and be like, yo, I'm watching basketball and like, Mid-September, what is going on? Like, this is so weird. It's confusing. Shout out to uh, homie Aaron. He says Chief defense is so I good. agree, too. I mean, they was they was getting after it. They might, well, maybe it's because of Houston's offensive line is not that great. So that, that could be an attributing factor, but that, that is an observation. But real quick that you brought up NBA. We didn't have this on the list, but we're going to talk about this as we transition to the NBA. Your man, David House. Well, let's talk Daniel or Daniel House or something. Whatever that dude, the dude that got kicked out the house. Mr. He's about, he's about to get kicked out the house. <laughs> got kicked out the bubble for, um, I mean, <laughs> we can't confirm what was happening inside the room, but he had a, uh, an unauthorized guest that wasn't his wife. Uh, he was there for several hours. And the investigation, he was removed swiftly from the bubble. You so, know how trash it got to be to find out that man was cheating on you. Nobody <laughs> you was scrolling. Are you from black? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. You're just yeah, having yeah. a great kiki with your girls on Twitter. You see a man named four or five times and start to read, and it's because he got somebody in the room. It's like... What? <sighs> Who put that news out like that anyway? The NBA? I think it started with a rumor for Taylor Rooks, actually. So people were saying, like, Taylor Rooks was the person in his room. And everybody's like, where did that come from? Like, No, no, the Taylor Rooks, was that the same? That was somebody else. I, like, I know there was a Taylor Rooks rumor that was going yeah. on around the same time. Well, she's always going to be involved in some sort of rumor like that just because she's young and attractive. Like, she's always going to be, she's always going to be putting that. So was it her? No, um, I think I think I read that it was some uh, like somebody on campus that tests for COVID. 
um, yeah. one of those testing staff people. Because Taylor had already left the bubble. Her uh, great uncle had died. And so she was on her way out of the bubble by that time. If so, I'm getting that timeline right. What the internet is telling me is that the theory is that LeBron James snitched on House for sneaking a woman into his room via the sports.com. Like why would he do that? Well, I guess he did that because he's a leader, but well, they, they were actually all that information out there. Come on, man. Well, the thing is, is like if you get caught violating the bubble rules, you get, you get kicked out. And those and he's playing on the team that LeBron is playing right now, so he's on the Rockets, so they're. It's, it, it's a competitive advantage. I mean, if he's, you know. I mean, does he even really get minutes like that? I don't. He was averaging 17. That might be he a lot. I don't think he makes a difference in the series. In my yeah. opinion. He wasn't going to be the one to determine if the Rockets come back down from 3-1. Like, he wasn't be the if, – if this was like Russell Westbrook or James Harden, yeah, we would have that conversation. But this guy's just a guy. Nobody knew who he was until this happened. Yeah, yeah, during the game. But but still though, it's still now it's a distraction. Like y'all are already getting your heads beat in by the Lakers. Now you got your man sneaking people in, you know, with the get extra COVID tests. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. I like, am very crazy. frequently baffled by how stupid <laughs> athletes are. Like, this is the second time in like I think five weeks or so where an athlete has been caught doing something incredibly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> during this time, like the young man that tried to sneak shot in with the Seahawks gear on. It's like, what are y'all doing? You can't hold off for a little bit longer. <laughs> and they rather just, mess their money up. I, I, I don't get it. Like Money, marriage, families. Everything. Like, like, is it that serious? And then you lose it all for, what, maybe 30 minutes of fun? 30 minutes? If I'm a millionaire, I'm in and out. You got five minutes. Get it done. Get it and done. So, speaking of like stupidity, what do you all think about um Josh Bellamy and Isaiah Wilson? Josh Bellamy. Let me hit so Josh Bellamy played, was the guy for, for the, the he played with the Bears last year. He's with the Jets now that did the money laundering and all that. The scammer. They got busted, and now his career is over. And um, over because you're not scamming no government and just gonna be sitting out here. Ooh, yeah, he's gonna serious time for them PPP loans. I'm and then, say, they go for all of y'all with those small business loans out there. You got that two thousand dollars. They go get. And them. then my thing was, he was all on Instagram, all on Twitter. Yeah, I got the drip, drip ENT, and bought new drip. This. Like, what are you doing, homie? Like, and then they said, Did he? I know I'm not on like uh Instagram or the other stuff, Snapchat, all that, but they did say that over the weekend he spent 64000 in Vegas. Oh my god, and I think that's where they swooped up on the map. Because, uh, bro, like, you you are not being discreet at all. You, you go in there and drop like. Two thousand, and you keep it moving. This man went in there stunning. I know somebody was somebody at the FBI or wherever was looking like, now wait a minute. Right, but the thing about it is, people don't understand with those type of loans. They even if you draw out all the money and and have cash, they're still following your every move, especially if you got a huge amount such as twenty four million. But even the people who didn't even get that amount, like uh, Carly Red ex husband, I mm -hmm. believe he was the one that went down first. 
And then there was a white guy in Florida. He went down too for because they were buying Rolls Royces and watches and all that kind of foolishness. Like, really? Mm. Uh, you know what? Like I said, you want to stunt and you losing everything now because they probably froze your account, your mama account, your kids that they got it, your baby mama and all that. All them people stuff frozen. I'd be mad if I couldn't get my Wendy's either because you acting stupid now they even froze my account. And then Isaiah Wilson just had the DUI and he's a rookie. I don't And then I think he had already been in trouble. Something happened on campus or something. He got for trespassing. Some foolishness like he yeah, he gone. Shout out to Georgia players. Um oh, definitely. Yeah. But well, it's true. He's he's from he went to UGA. Uh he's <laughs> a bulldog. And it's just like with the DUI stuff, I just don't understand it. Like in this day and age, you have Uber, you have Lyft, you have ride services like from your team. It, it's no excuse to get lit and then drive. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. So just a poor decision on his part. And I'm pretty sure he's going to lose a few game checks for that stupid decision. I, and I, think, I thought they let him go. Oh, they uh, did? Oh, I he's a first round pick. I did they let him go. That was the uh, Titans, right? Yeah, it was the Titans. Let me check. Cause I, I, I feel like yeah, they, they let him go. Hey, welcome to football. Pick, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, how good is he? Is he really now, good? Uh, with, what was that? The the guy weren't they from UGA too? The two that did the um robbery or whatever. Oh, that's different. That's that's a little bit different. That's different. That's like you looking at big jail time. <laughs> All of it stupid as hell. Hey, yo, not, not not risking my millions of dollars. For no, again, 30 minutes, maybe two hours of fun. Like, come on, man. Yo, talk talk a little closer to the mic, Joy. Little, I'm sorry. Can you hear me muffled. now? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's see. You got a DUI, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So he was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. They ain't cutting him. He's the first Well, one. I know. Well, unless somebody, somebody must have. I saw what someone said that um, they retracted the statement on Twitter, but it definitely was on there that the team had let him go. So, yeah, I don't know. That. Maybe they yeah. trying to just give him a, a, a smooth chance, but, bro, them DUIs, once people start getting them, they really become habitual. They're not going to stop doing that. It just takes time for them to get caught. So he needs some type of help. This nigga, they said less than a month ago, he was at some party at, at Tennessee, Tennessee State, State University. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then he jumped off a two-story balcony to try to avoid the police. Like, what's wrong oh, with this nigga? You too big to be jumping off balconies, man. Okay. That's 351 times. What folks don't understand is these people be like this before they get the money. So when they get the money, they just don't even know how to act still. It's just in them. Fair enough. I'll take the money, Jesus. I know what uh, that boy GA said okay, they're not letting Wilson go. Okay, so somebody, some I think they did say somebody retracted the statement on Twitter, but they definitely said he was gone. Shout to that that boy GA for joining the chat. Yeah, so it's it's uh y'all need to chill out here in this uh, global pandemic with the living in. But uh, just real quick with the NBA playoffs, uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Again, I'm I'm with Joy. I mean, I am a Lakers fan, so I'm not like a super diehard NBA fan. So like, I guess Marcus and uh. Kunselis Wiley will we'll kind of talk about what's going on. Uh, Lakers, uh, all the way, baby, LA, all that shit. Purple and gold, gang, gang, gang. Couple things. What go was ahead. that player? Fred Van Fleet. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't so, know what Fred Van Fleet was doing. 
he thought he was Kobe. Rest in peace, Kobe. But Sarah Van Fleet, Kobe is who you are not. So that um, um, Marcus made a good point about Jason Tatum two games ago. Even a little, little bit last night to where he just disappears for a little while. Tatum's going to have to clean that up. Um, Kimball Walker, don't know where you've been. Welcome to the Easter Conference Finals. We're going to need you. Um, shout out to Marcus Smart. Everybody on that team owes Marcus Smart a drink a night until they complete the job. Marcus Smart ran the length of the court and blocked – whose shot was it? Some guy that was way taller than him. I think it was Powell. Ran the length of the floor, blocked a shot a la LeBron James, saved a possession um, and helped the team squeak out a win. Um, Gordon Hayward, I think you should just stay away. Um, and I only say that because Gordon Hayward is hurt right now. They He's at the four-week timetable for his sprained ankle. But um, a little more than that is his wife is expecting a baby towards the end of this month. So if he does get healthy enough to play, I'm sure he won't play Sunday. Did he play Sunday? He won't play Tuesday. Pretty sure he won't play on Thursday. Um, and the baby will probably be right around the corner somewhere around then. So there's no sense in, you know, hanging around to the fourth game. You play game four and then you have to leave because you're, you're out of the bubble. You got to go be with your wife for the baby. And then when you come back to the bubble, you got to wait until you can play again. So I would say stay where you at, Gordon Hayward. Would love to see you, but it's too much in and out. Don't want to disrupt the rhythm of the team. Um, Miami versus Boston. Jimmy Butler's going to talk a lot. Um, you're gonna, they're going to have to weather the Jimmy Butler storm, which comes in waves. But when it does come, it's pretty powerful. Um, so whether that Jimmy Butler storm. I don't think that Miami is tough to beat, personally. I just think that um, Boston has to be a, a, bit, um, a bit more uh, mentally tough. And those dry spells where the threes aren't dropping because there are tons of spells where the shots aren't falling that people like Kimball Walker and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they all got to step up and find other ways to get to the team. Um, the Lakers are pretty much done with the, the Rockets. Um, so, so on to the Western Conference. Um, and the Clippers, they I, I haven't paid attention to the Clippers. The Clippers are largely disappointing. Um, so the quicker they can get out of my face, the better. So <laughs> that's my thoughts on the I really wanted Denver to come through. Because Denver has an exciting squad. I really like them. I, unlike Aaron Moses, I'm sorry, I believe that Miami is going to take down Boston. Miami is playing lockdown defense. I like Jimmy Butler. He's my type of nigga. You know the type I like. Great player. I like Gorgon. I like Biasa Bimbo or whatever his name is. I don't know. I'm sorry. Correct me. What did you say? I'm sorry. Do you really like him if you don't know his name? <laughs> what, what's going on with you? Did you make up your bed today? Like, what's going on in the background with your bed? No, this anyway. is not my room. I don't live here. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you're in slave quarters or whatever. But Get um, out of here. <laughs> like I said, definitely, I think Miami is going to take down Boston. I think L.A. is going to – the Lakers are going to win it all. I would really love to see – um the Denver Nuggets advance, but it's just not going to happen. Because I think they just play an exciting brand. Um, if you heard me in the podcast back in the day, I was in love with Bo Bo. That is my nigga right there. Why, why'd you roll your eyes, sir? Who you me? don't like Bo Bo because he's African? Like, what's what's good? Are you I, mean, I, had, a, I had an African landlord one time. He, he kind of fit the scammer stereotype, but that's another story for another day. 
What about the only eyes? I like Bobo. He's good. But anyway, go ahead, Marcus. What are your thoughts? I'd like to go back and talk about Boston some more. So in game, what was it? Game three, they were half a second away, half a second away from being up in that series 3-0. And what did they decide to do? They decided to lose that game on no, no, a no. game winning three pointer. On, from a, no, 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 no. I let you talk. No, no, no. It's, I'm, I'm about to get these shots off. Random, let some random nobody for the Raptors, the third option who doesn't even have a real first name. He just goes by two <laughs> letters. Bust, bust a three pointer in y'all's face to, to, to win the game. And then you decide, you know what? Let's just keep losing. Let's make this more exciting. Instead of going up. 3-0, let's lose three games in a row to the Raptors, to the the uh, value brand Steph Curry and an out-of-shape Kyle Lowry, because I don't care what y'all say. That nigga looks fat. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to body-shame that dude, but that dude does not look like a professional athlete out there, and y'all had no answers for him. Y'all keep telling me. I keep hearing from Boston fans that Jason Tatum is the second coming of Kobe Bryant. He's got the Mamba mentality. He yes. practiced with them all the time. He spent the offseason with them. He wants to be the man. To be the man, you got to beat the man. He's got the mama mentality. Oh, He's got the mid-range game cooking. He's light-skinned. He's got nice hair. He's got a white wife. He's doing it all. Oh, no. And then what does Uh-oh. he do? Every fourth quarter, every crunch time, that man is throwing up on him, the front of his jersey because he has no idea what to do. His butthole is getting tight. Oh, my God. Tight. Because he is shook out there. And you're telling me that you can't handle Kyle Larry in the post? You got Kyle Larry, dad bod Kyle Larry, one-on-one in the post, and you're passing it up? What you what you gonna think you what you gonna do when Bam out of bios on your ass? What you gonna do when Jimmy Butler, a grown ass man from Texas, gets on your ass? Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, three-time champion, finals MVP. You gonna what you gonna do? You gonna you gonna you gonna cry? You gonna be light skinned out there and be shook again? You couldn't handle Fred Van Fleet, but you think you gonna handle Jimmy Butler? You know where Jimmy Butler comes from? He comes from a town in Texas that no one's ever heard of. Those people are crazy. <laughs> it's not even on the map. But you gonna but you but you call you think you call me though, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, the man that can't handle Fred Van Fleet. Six foot. Six foot. But you wanna you gonna you gonna roll with Bam out of bio? You wanna hit you wanna run up to the baby goat and Tyler Hero? This is what you want? Y'all could have been arrested. Y'all could have been chilling like us. But you know what? Instead of going up 3-0, y'all decided, hey, let's get Adam Stur- Adam Silver some money. Let's take it to seven games. Seven grueling games. Not no blowouts. Not no coast to coast. We're done. Let's take it to down to the wire. We got to come back. We got to scratch and survive. Let's take it to overtime. Let's take it to a double overtime. But you want some of this heat. You want some of this 305. The, the, Miami, the Miami Heat, the, the Celtics have only won one championship since the Jim Crow era. We've won three, okay? You want to talk about a winning culture and heat culture and winning? That's what Miami Heat does. Boston is full of a bunch of losers, a bunch of fake Hall of Famers that shit on themselves, a light-skinned dude that think he Kobe. You guys are an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment to the NBA. And you got, you know what? Heat and six. Let's go. Heat and six. 305, Miami Heat, Day County. 
Wade County, LeBron James, Heat Lifer, Ray Allen, hit the three championships. Let's go. Several things. You left out the racism part in Boston as well. Oh, yeah. It's pretty racist. You can't glaze over that, man. I'm very excited to see Jimmy Butler largely disappoint y'all in these Eastern Conference finals. I think Milwaukee was a great test and a great. um, I didn't even bring that up. We beat the reigning MVP and defensive player of the year and the best team in the NBA. We beat them. And guess what know. we learned? That Giannis isn't who we thought he was. But we knew that at the beginning of the season. So, anyway, I can't wait for, for Jimmy Butler to, to give y'all a game where he brings y'all back to earth. He's well-rested. Or where he shoots y'all completely out of the game. That'll be my favorite part. Um, you know, Jason Tatum was the second youngest to have 20-10 and 5 in a game 7. Tyler Hero uh, is 20. Tyler Hero is 20 years old, hitting big shots. That man ain't scared. He ain't scared. I don't think – I agree, Aaron Moses. I think the Heat will win. Will I – do I think it will be an easy series? No, but I don't think the Heat can sustain four wins to move on to the the NBA Finals. I just don't. I think Milwaukee was a cakewalk. We all know Giannis' shortcomings. He can't hit a jumper. He gets very flustered. And, you know, now he's unfollowed every Milwaukee Bucks team member he's had, and he's he's looking to move forward. If, so the- Pascal, if Pascal Siakam, pay, if he plays average, if he plays to his average, you guys are in the lobby getting ready to go back to Boston. He played to average last night, but we it, it didn't Pascal work out. Pascal Siakam? Yes. He didn't play. He averaged like 16 well, points in series. Pascal Siakam is not good. <laughs> we, he he was good. He's, he's Pascal Siakam's fine. No, he finessed the Either, either way, <laughs> their best player, their best player didn't show up, and it took y'all seven games to get them out the paint. Well, seven. you know what? I can't wait for the Heat to be largely disappointed. What, what, we, put, what we putting on it? Let's put someone. Let's put something on it. I don't right even now. know. I'm willing to take whatever bet it is. You know I don't what? Let's start. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to come out with something by Tuesday. We'll figure it out. Cause I, I'm ready. I'm sweating right now. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to play right now. Let's go. The Heat stringing together four good games in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't see it. Y'all weren't able to put together three. Fair, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, shout out to the NBA. The Lakers are still dominating per usual. So. Purple and gold game. But speaking of sweating, as we smoothly transition out of that NBA beef that we were having, there's a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, the Patriots or Patriots that on the Twitter sphere that were sweating with anger as on 9-11, the day of remembrance, the hashtag all buildings matter was trending. Um, a, lot of people, a lot of people were very pressed about that. A lot of people were in their feelings. Shout to Drake. Um, if you don't get the kind of the reference to that is Pretty much just how uh, just how Blue Lives Matter is a uh, kind of a rebuttal to Black Lives Matter, and All Lives Matter is a rebuttal to Black Lives Matter. All buildings matter is just showing you how ridiculous it sounds when you say All Lives Matter when people say Black Lives Matter. So, yeah, uh, people definitely were uh, not afraid to uh, while out. And the uh, a lot of conservatives are very upset about this. Uh, you know, a lot of liberals probably are too. But sometimes you got to crack some eggs to make a point, man. Like now, people understand the people that you know lost lives or firefighters or whatever. 
now you understand how it feels when a black family loses somebody in their family or you get your ass beat by the cops. Now you understand the pain and the ridiculousness of saying all lives matter or back the blue as the blue is continuously beating people's asses every day on tape. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, people definitely don't take anything serious. That boy, Jay. I, mean, I mean, but it is serious. It's I, I, I get it. People did lose their lives or whatever. But again, you can't discount all the other things. And, and that's not going into like there's a story that uh, 45 was siphoning millions of dollars away from funds for relief for the families of 9-11. So, I mean, we're, we're not going to sit here and, and, and not look at both sides and prop this up. Like, uh, there's Don't forget about suckers and losers either. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people like a lot of the, the Sikh community, like the the people that look, I guess they're Middle Eastern, but they're not that. I'm not really, really hip to their culture, but pretty much they look Middle Eastern and wear turbans. Uh, there's a guy, he tweeted out a story 19 years ago, Balbir Singh Saudi became the first casualty of a post 9-11 hate crime. So pretty much if you look like you were a terrorist, people were wilding out at you. And then it's still yeah, Sikh is, uh Sikh's going to be more of the Indian culture. Yeah. And yeah, they were getting their asses whipped. Like, I mean, we went to you know, well, I think everybody knows we know we've known each other for a long time. And I remember um, this girl named Samara that um, we were in the poetry club together. Like she was constantly getting picked on because she was an Indian Muslim. And, you know, people, they were like taking out their frustrations about the war and about what happened on 9-11 on her. And she's like, you know, I'm not even from Afghanistan or Iraq. We're Indian. And so it, it, it is kind of ridiculous. And then I know uh, Pat Tillman was trending, which, I mean, as everybody should know, he was the uh, safety for the Arizona Cardinals that put his career on hold to serve his country. And they propped that up every year about being a patriot. But he was murdered in cold blood by his own people and it was covered up. Like, but, and you know, we're still like that either. I'm oh, sorry. His family doesn't like them trying to use him as a, a as a propaganda tool either, as well. So, exactly. Yeah. So it's saying the the forty five administration has secretly siphoned nearly four million dollars away from a program that tracks and treats treats uh, fire department, New York firefighters, and medic medics suffering from nine eleven related illnesses. Also, if you haven't been to New York City in the last let's say four or five years. If you go down to the 9-11 memorial, like they build a they built like a memorial. There's like a like a water memorial with all the names. And they built like a like some sort of a museum or something like that. And then they also built oh it's if you can Google it's really it's actually pretty cool if you see it. It's called the Oculus. There's like a huge mall they built out there. And they have a train station or substation connect to that mall, right? So you're like, yo, why is this important? Cool. So I get it. There's a tragedy. Cool. Rebuild a tower or whatever for sentimental reasons. Just show that we're still strong or whatever. But you mean to tell me like the the millions, probably maybe close to hundreds of millions of dollars you went to build a, a very cool mall. Like the mall is pretty cool. It's like a luxury mall too. Like they don't have like McDonald's and Subway. They got like nice shit. So you spend all that money to build like entertainment places in the substation. But like people can't get funds to take care of their families after people lost their lives. Like this money couldn't have gone other places to help people. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the call with defunding the police, which, you know, we got fire department. Now we're talking about police, but it's like, yo, in 2017, 
the New York Police Department paid $307 million in misconduct. Now, again, I don't know if you've been to New York City before, but I've had the distinct pleasure of seeing a, a grown man pull down his pants and piss on the sidewalk in broad daylight, who was probably homeless. So you mean to tell me like that $300 million that y'all dished out for the cops beating people's asses couldn't help these homeless people? Like, just just look where the money goes and then really think about when people prop up all these uh, these events and stories and stuff like that, man. Like, it, it really kind of irks me sometimes, man. Like, but anywho, I don't know how we got down that rabbit hole, but shout out to, you know, all buildings because all buildings apparently matter on Twitter. But um, yeah. But to tie into that, on uh, 9-11, about 2009 and 2001, I will start with 2001. 9-11, 2001, uh, tie into New York, Jay-Z dropped The Blueprint, which is a classic album. Everybody will probably agree with that. And then eight years later, Kanye West dropped Graduation on 9-11. There's some other artists who dropped some albums, but I really don't care about them. But uh, I guess we'll start with the... Uh, We'll start with Joy. You good? Yep, I'm good. Okay, we'll start with you. So you said that Graduation was one of your one of your more favorite albums from Kanye West. Yes. <laughs> shout out to the pandemic. <laughs> she has some kids for sale. Uh, Twitter, if you would like to purchase for free night. <laughs> I got a nine year old and a 15 year old, and they are free. Can they cook? Yes, the 15 year old can. The nine year old is uh, a gamer. He lit then. Well, okay, we'll we'll go to. (laughs) No, I'm I'm ready now. Um, So, the Kanye West album, that album actually. I like Kanye West then, but I don't like him now. But um, that's a different story. But yeah, that album had a lot of classics on it. Um, and my favorite one on that album was um, "Everything I Am." Solid choice. Solid that was choice. my favorite song on that album. Solid choice. But he he's um now I I don't know um he's been hanging up around. Uh, the south part of town here in Georgia. He's been spotted, I think, in like Griffin and Fayetteville. I think he just did something over the weekend, last weekend, down in Fayetteville and put the Pinewood Studios with his, his church movement um, or whatever, but I'm really not a fan of him now, um, but back then, yes, that was my guy. Okay. Uh, we'll go to uh, Marcus. What are your thoughts on graduation and the blueprint? <clears throat> uh, I'll say this about the blue uh, about uh, graduation. It has not only one of the worst Kanye West songs on it, but it also has one of the worst. Are you talking about stronger? No. Wow. No. No. Stronger slander. Jesus. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, Drunken Hot Girls is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. That song is bad. I agree. I like Drunken it Hot Girls. Not, I don't like it, that bombs, song hasn't but... aged well either. Drunken Hot Girls in this in this time in, uh, in this climate that doesn't that's not gonna fly. You can't do that song. And it, and even back then it still didn't sound great. Uh, Barry Bonds is those are the two songs that I don't prefer off of this album. Uh, I like 
uh, flashing lights. I also like the uh, the video that went to it. I thought that was a really uh, creative uh, uh, video choice. And if I was to go talking about uh, the blueprint, I mean, that's there's not really much to really say about that. It's one of Jay-Z's, like, it's in his top tier. If you were to rank his albums, like, it's probably in the top three, top four. Uh, I know, uh, shout out to Michael Pratt. He was, he was asking if... Uh, the song All I Need was needed. Like, did that album need that song? And I, I went back and I listened to the album today and the pro, it's not a problem, but the issue that All I Need ran into is that the song that's right before it is Song Cry. And Song Cry is like a top five Jay-Z song ever. And then right after that song is Renegade, which is the, the song with the only feature on it where it's debatable that Jay-Z lost, you know, that song. You know, it's not, you can pick whoever you want, but either way, it's still a, a question. So it's just bad placement. You're stuck between two great songs, so you don't really have, you're, you kind of get, you're, you're, it's easy to skip that song because you know what's coming up next. And something I didn't know reading up about the Blueprint is that originally for Renegade, instead of Eminem, it was supposed to be Royce the 5'9". That'd have been a hundred times better. Which I would, I kind of, I kind of want to hear that now. I, I want to hear what that would sound like because I don't think they've done a song together. No, I was listening to the allegory today. Funny you mentioned that. Yeah, but I mean, there's not really much you can say about the blueprint. Like, I mean, I think it's coming up on like 20 years or something like that, and it's 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 one of the best. It's one of the best rap albums ever done, and he wrote it in like two days. So I mean, that's the crazy part. Like, how do you do something like that that quickly? And you got other rappers doing like you got the baby putting out the same album every three months. <laughs> I hate him so much. Who's the about in it? Let's go. Uh, I have so many feelings about Japan. I'm gonna beat the pussy up. I'm gonna beat the pussy up. I'm gonna pound that pussy. I'm like, nigga, I got it, dog. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. He slapped that lady in the face. And that shit disappeared really quick. But that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh man, yo, I was going speaking about the baby because I saw that tweet you put out about the baby talking about like, yo, you want to choke him out or something like that. And I was gonna tweet out something. But I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. But kind of. <laughs> Let me not get started. I just, I, I don't Ooh. like him. <laughs> I think that he um, is typical of all men under five five, to where and this, you know what? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's shade, but no shade. Like he is um, a buff small man who has to. Um, uh, use a lot of bravado to prove his point, but then his point don't really mean like no. I don't know anybody who is truly scared of the baby. Is what I'm trying to say. Like if I um, ran up on the baby in public and he threatened me, I don't know that I would feel any chill in my bone. Like I don't know that I could not beat him up. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, okay, let's let's be fair. According to the interwebs, it's saying the the baby is five. That's a lie. Okay, <laughs> I, you know what? That they, they do be like little. I way think the way. internet also said that uh, Kevin Hart was like five seven. And oh, that's was, definitely. I mean, we've all seen Kevin Hart. So. Yo, the homie Aramos said the baby is a TikTok rapper. He is. He's very good for the children to flail their arms to and to do the dances. But yeah, I don't yeah. want to hear any of his songs in the club. 
I don't want to hear them at like a bat bar, bar mitzvah. Um, I don't want to hear them on a cruise, on a train, on a plane. Um, I do not like them, Sam I am. Um, Jesus. All right. Well, what are your thoughts on the, the Blueprint graduation? So the Blueprint was my introduction to Jay-Z. Uh, my mom and my grandparents around that time um, had imposed a very strict no music video uh, band. <laughs> so I think they had gone to church in the past. It's like, don't let your kids watch BT. So it was, BT was a rap in our house for like a year or two. So I would, <laughs> I would go to my grandma's house in the summertime and she would go to work and my granddad would go to work. So it would just be me and my cousin in the house and we would watch BT. And so uh, around the time that the blueprint, Girls, Girls, Girls is on that album. And so Girls, Girls, Girls was like one of the first rap songs that like I wasn't supposed to be listening to, but I knew all the words to. So, so the blueprint- like five or four, okay. Yeah, what, what'd you say? <laughs> No, I was not five or four. I think I was 2001. I may have been eight, seven or eight. Um, so, yeah. And, but graduation is probably the one that's a little bit fresher in my mind because in 2009, I was in high school. So I was rapping Kanye West word for word, bar for bar. Like, unfortunately, he's not the Kanye from then, and I don't feel as connected to his music anymore. Um, but Graduation was an album for me. Marcus mentioned Flashing Lights. I always told myself if I ever get, got married and had a wedding during the reception when like people do like the cool introductions, Flashing Lights would be my song. Either that or Big Pimpin'. So like Jay-Z and Kanye West have always been kind of like <laughs> interlocked in my, uh, interlocked in my memory. But if I had to choose an album that was a little bit closer to me, Graduation was probably that album. So... Uh Real quick, the GA boy, he said that the Black album is the best. <laughs> album. I mean, the Black the Black album might not be a classic. There, I said it. I said it. I, it might not be. I can't say. I mean, I, I I guess in the time I listened to it, like I put it on, I know I know pretty much probably not album word for word. But I mean, shoot, we gonna talk about worst songs of all time. The Black album might have one of the worst Jay Z songs of all time, which. For some reason, whenever it's his worst song, Pharrell happens to be involved as with Entrepreneur, <laughs> uh, anything from uh, Kingdom Come, him and Pharrell, they make hits, but then the, the, the bad songs it makes are horribly bad. But nah, I guess the idea of the Black Album being a classic is cool because it was supposed to be his final album and the concept of being 10 different songs with 10 different producers was kind of cool and it sounds cool, but I mean, Dirt Off Your Shoulders was cool. What more can I say it was cool? 99 Problems is on that album. 99 Problems was a cool song too. I like the lure off of there. And I was I was a bit I was big into the black album. Like I even I even bought the DVD, like the DVD concert of him retiring in New York. I was like, I was all in. I was like, oh man, Jay-Z is retiring. This is a big deal. Like I was all in. I was sold on this. But uh to say that this is his best album, I can't, I can't. Like you got uh the blueprint, obviously, I think American Gangster is his best album. Yeah. And when it comes to like, when it comes to like, you know, because the Black album is more of a retirement album, it's supposed to be more of a mature sounding uh, album. And then with the, you know, all the the different producers, I'd say in that vein, I'd t I'd probably take 444 over the Black album. And I'm not even like super huge on 444, but I I'd, I'd probably put that over uh, the Black album. Obviously, Reasonable yeah. Doubt gets that out of the paint real quick and this isn't this isn't like some kind of indictment on jay-z like 
the black album is wow if any if anybody else if if j cole put out the black album it'd be a classic for j cole but we're talking about jay-z the greatest rapper ever the most accomplished rapper ever we're 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 judging him by what he's put out so the black album compared to his other classics it's not up there but uh, compared to like anybody else's discography it's a pretty good album so Aaron Moses is really trying whoa, to whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not, I'm not fire it. Jesus. I mean, I guess it's one of those southern I mean, I'm from the South too, but I I, I have more of an affinity for like people that how is Jay-Z overrated? I don't understand. I did not know that I was a Jay-Z stan until I saw Beyonce and him on the run two uh in 2018. And every time he was on stage, I was like this is my song. Oh, wait, no, that one is my song. Wait a minute, no, this is my song. So I was of the belief that, like, I never thought that Jay-Z was overrated, but Jay-Z was never, like, one of those rappers that I could directly point to and be like, no, this is my favorite rapper. Um, but until On The Run 2, that's when I was like, oh, snap, maybe I am a Jay-Z stan. Like, I love every minute of this. And I still go back and, like, listen to some of his stuff. I'm like, no, this is... He's a great rapper. I don't know about overrated. Uh, he may not be your cup of tea. I don't typically like New York rappers either, but Jay Z, for me at least, is is up there in terms of rappers that I love. Yeah, like I'm like I'm not a I'm not a huge huge fan of like Ti, but I can listen to his albums and be like, yeah, this just classic. Like he's got good albums. He makes bangers. He's got hits. But I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, Ti is overrated. So I don't know. I don't know what kind of measurement system you're going by because if you go by album sales, number one singles. Uh, album sales, record sales, Grammy Awards, BET Awards, any type of measurement you could influence, influence on the culture with influence on the culture, longevity, features. Uh, he's done two, no, he's done three. He's done three uh, collaborative albums that did fairly well. It's uh, pretty hard to look at his career and be like, yeah, that dude's overrated as a rapper. Yeah, that. that... The the southern bias thing is kind of crazy, but well, I don't I, think it's a southern bias. I mean, some people just have preference. Uh, nah, you see what happens with them verses, man. They'd be like, "Oh, blah 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 blah." Like, bro, nah, that shout out to Monica and her white shoes. Shout out to Duna kind of fake uh, Fendi. Apparently, she was wearing <laughs> not fake. Oh, don't well, talk about <laughs> my thing is for these two albums. Um, for me, the blueprint for the time I was in the ninth grade. It. It was a classic. Like I was going through my first little childhood heartbreak. I play like song cry every freaking day, all day, all night, from the time that I got home until the time it was time for me to go to bed, just on repeat. Uh, the whole album was fire to me. Uh, this is the first album that really kind of put me on Jay-Z because I don't I don't think I had like a bias, but some of his stuff just was not that hot to me. Like he was okay. Um, and before this, I felt like a lot of the times he was reaching and trying to get on whatever popular track or whatever popular artist he can. He came out with this. This was a, a real classic. If you listen to the podcast, you'll know my opinion on Jay-Z and Reasonable Doubt was I feel like after the fact, going back, Reasonable Doubt was a classic album. But for the time, it didn't do numbers like people didn't really know about the album as well. As far as the graduation is concerned. That's Kanye West, like that that was his best work for that time period. Like when they talk about the backpack rapper and, and different stuff like that, 
for that era of Kanye West, that was the optimum album for me. Um, even though those two songs that Marcus mentioned are two songs that I do regularly skip, I can actually listen to the album any day of the week straight through. I thought it was just a, a masterclass album uh, when it comes to the beats the lyricism. It was just great to me. So I love The Graduation. Probably listened to that album more than any other album in my entire lifetime besides All Eyes on Me. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much my opinion. Like Jay-Z, as far as being an overrated rapper, I don't think so. The only thing like with me, and I'm from the South, I'm from Mississippi, as you all know, a shout out to the M-Town Meridian stand-up. Um, but I don't go back and listen to Jay-Z's music. Like I don't search for his stuff every now and again. You know, I might pull out the blueprint. The blueprint two, I don't re-listen to. Reasonable doubt, I don't re-listen to. Uh, the Sean Carter, the Jay Z, any of that stuff, I don't really re-listen to. So I can kind of see where you guys are coming from. Like to me, some of his music is just not endearing to me to go back over time. Like even with um, the Black album, I went back and listened to that earlier in the year, and it was like, okay, this album didn't really like. It didn't age well, but it was good for the time, I remember. Um, but I will go back and listen to um, American Gangster because that's good. I, I love that music. I agree with your take. And the only reason why I said it is because my um, oldest child likes to listen to a lot of um, 90s and 80s music. But Jay-Z is just not one of them. And he did, too, go to that tour and did not like it. He was like, this is not for me. So I do agree with me. Now, when did they, what year did that album come out? The Blueprint was 2001. Okay, I was in the 11th or 12th grade at that moment. And I can say in that moment for in Atlanta, it was all about, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was like the crunk era. So, like, yeah. Jay-Z was just not in mm -hmm. the mixture. Like, I mean, if you went to clubs here that had, uh, like, the Down South room and then the New York room and the reggae room, yeah, but here it just was not one of those things that you was going to hear, not in that era. Uh -uh. <coughs> but that doesn't take that he is not a great rapper. It's just that's not my go-to. When I get in my car, I'm subject to put on some UGK or something like that before I put on a Jay-Z. Now, I will throw on some Cameron and like Dipset, but Kill I'm not- Killer Cam, Dipset, Freaky Leaky, Jim Jones. Let's go. Yeah. I love Purple Hanks. I love that shit. Anywho, I feel you. I feel you on that. Uh, okay, Aaron Moses says his top four, five is round out with J. Cole, Nas, Kanye West, Wayne, and Pac. Uh, I get the Pac thing. Pac is not a good rapper, but that's another discussion for me. I, okay, I, you know I, what? I, I am- <laughs> Not a Tupac fan. I do I love, not. I love Tupac. Tupac. I do I not care for Tupac's music. How do so you not care for Tupac music? Tupac? Like he's. I, I mean, he's got like you know his. his give me your black card. Know you know what? Give me your black card. You I didn't make up your bed like before you came on this podcast. <laughs> right? Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyways, so let me let me get my hot takes <laughs> off the blueprint at graduation. <laughs> I ran the blueprint back. It's cool, but I mean, I could live without all I need. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a huge fan of Renegade just because, like, oh, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's just popular not to like that song. It's a great song. Eminem floated on 
on that trash ass beat. That beat is terrible, but Eminem flowed on that shit. Yeah, because he produced it. That's why it's terrible. He's a terrible producer. Awful <laughs> producer. He's, how he's, did he get? How did he get on this and the Black album? How? How? White, white privilege. That's how he got on those. Why did Dr. do that? Hey, white, white, white privilege. Yeah, the blueprint. It's one of my. I like it. It's cool. I would argue that the Girls, Girls, Girls remix is better than the original. Um, I do like uh, breathe. Uh, I love the Blueprint song. Breathe Easy's cool. It's a cool album. Right, whatever. Everybody knows Blueprint is what it is. Graduation though, Graduation is is excellent. I don't listen to it that much anymore, just because like, as you know, if you listen to the podcast. Okay, I'm not really with like super long albums. Uh, it's got 13 tracks. Uh, Good morning's cool. Champion's cool. Stronger's cool. I wonder. Eh, I can live without that. Good life, fire. The goat. My mantra for life is you can't tell me nothing. That's it. That's it right there. Produced by DJ Toop, who is from Atlanta, correct? Mm-hmm. There we go. Produced by the goat. Yeah, oh, people. There we go. So with with Barry Bonds, right? Yes, it's a terrible song, right? It's a terrible song. It's a it's a good beat though. And what I think I tweeted out or told somebody is that I think Barry Bonds would have been better as an interlude, right? Like, just leave off Kanye, uh, Little Wayne's verse completely. Just do, like, one verse and yay, and then just go to the next track. You know what I'm saying? As a, if, you, if you think about it as an interlude, just, like, listen to the first, like, minute or something like that, and then go to the next track, it'll make sense. Drunk and Hot Girls, it's not as bad as, like, I remember. It's one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Ever. It's, it's not bad. one of the worst songs you It's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's we'll make terrible. it but it, it can oh, be better. Fresh. was goaded. The video was goaded. Everything I am. Uh, That's my I can jam. That. The glory. I can live without that. Can we talk oh, about uh, Big Brother's cool? But real quick, the bonus tracks. Uh, and I'm mad that we didn't get this bonus track. I guess the Japanese version of his album got the Bittersweet Poetry featuring John Mayer. That song is fire. It is. I've never heard it. YouTube, that shit is excellent, man. That's like the essential backpack Kanye West rapping, man. Like really just putting it out there on the line, just talking about his feelings. You can you can feel that shit. Like that shit is real, man. Like just go back and listen to Bittersweet. It is. It, I don't understand how some of these songs don't make albums. Like I don't know who made the decision like, yo, this song isn't good enough. Like I don't I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Kind of like with the uh, See Me Now at the end of uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy with uh, Big Sean and Beyonce. Now, I get it doesn't really fit like the dark motif of the album because it's very upbeat and very bright. But another great song I feel should have made the album, just like a lot of Drake songs that make his album. But overall, I fuck with it. Shout out to 9-11 for giving us some uh, good albums. Yeah. Uh, Curtis? Yeah, I was gonna say that that was that was the whole big thing about the graduation album is they were both Kanye West and Fifty Cent were releasing their albums on the same day, and Fifty Cent was like, "Hey, man, whoever sells the most records, uh, the other person has to retire from music forever." And I remember, like, I was in the, I was still like, I was fresh in the military when this came out when they were doing this, and I remember I was on the bus in Texas, and we were about to go, I think. So it was like it was probably like the end of the day. I think we were going out in the field or something. And I remember being on the bus talking like, "Hey man, I think Kanye West is going to win this thing. I think he's got. I think I think the the era of Fifty Cent being the hottest rapper out here doing this gangster stuff. I think it's. I didn't think it'd be done, but I was. I was, I was, I was, I was Go ahead. 
No, it was for for Curtis. I was like, you know what? I don't, I, I, I don't yeah. think. Uh, I think Kanye West is gonna get this, and like, I almost got laughed off of that bus. Like, it was that bad <laughs> to where I felt like I was like by myself on this like island trying to defend Kanye West, which is crazy to think we're doing that now. But uh, yeah, it was a. If you if you look back on it, it's it was a not a weird time, but it was just a different time because back then. You have you had to have a, a hit single, you had to have a great music video because the the like where it came to blows at was when they met together on 106 and Park, and they both had videos. They had like the Good Life, and I think I can't remember the other video that Fifty Cent did, and that was like must see TV. There wasn't no you know uh, I'm just gonna stream it. I'm just gonna you know watch it on my phone. You had to be at the house at a certain time to watch them on 106 Park. And 50 Cent at the time after he lost because he did lose that battle on that 106 and Park day, they both performed. 50 Cent performed one of his songs by himself. Kanye West brought out Jay Z with him, and 50 Cent said that was the reason why. Kanye West won the battles because he brought out Jay-Z and 50 Cent was like, well, if I'd have known that, I'd have brought out Eminem or brought out G-Unit or whatever. But that's that was a big deal. Like, you needed to have something to sell to people. Like, right now, it doesn't matter what music video you have. It doesn't matter what your album cover looks like. If it's in the new music session, most people are like, oh, okay, I'll listen to that. You don't, you don't, you don't really need, like, a typical rollout. Like, back then... You had to work a single for like weeks because back then there was no, hey, I'm just going to. It was like, hey, if you fuck with this artist, you're going to have to pay $12 to listen to their entire album or get it burned from somewhere. Ain't no, hey, I pay $9 a month for Apple Music, so I'll listen to it whenever. I was still if a you lot fuck of with artists, you fuck with them heavy. Was I get money the lead single? Possibly. That sounds about right. Yeah, I'm trying to remember Curtis as an album. I just looked at the track listing, and to be honest, like, I can see why it did it when <laughs> like, graduation... Well, it might have been Amusement Park. I'm sorry. I forgot about that song. I'm just thinking about AL Technology, which was like, yeah. it was really uh, big on America's Best Dance Crew that year. Um, and then after that, like, I don't know that I'd visit any of these songs at any point. Whereas with graduation, I I don't mind going back and rapping all the lyrics to Flash the Lights or like, you know, any of those songs. So I can see why Curtis uh, lost that battle. Um, 50 Cent had been lost. The Massacre was yeah. good and Curtis was not that good. Yeah, yeah. And was it was already like, trending downward. Kanye every, was trending upward. Every well, album after that was the story. That was that was kind of the first uh, big strategic marketing push. And real quick, a quick Lakers update: the Lakers now are beating the brakes off the Houston Rockets, one hundred and six to eighty-two. We gotta be honest about the Houston Rockets, man. <sighs> and you know what? Shout out to my boy uh, Max Kellerman. He said that he thought that uh, Westbrook would have a great game and force a game six. Boy, oh boy, were you wrong? But anywho, ooh, you know what? Speaking of Max, Max, we have to transition real quick before we wrap up. The homie Marcellus Wiley, his his former, uh, I said he can't rap good, not can rap good. That's what I meant to say. His uh, former partner in crime on 
what I would argue is the greatest ESPN radio show of all time, 710 ESPN LA, Max Marcellus. Um, whenever uh, Marcellus' contract was up with ESPN, he decided to jump ship and go over to Fox Sports 1 like a lot of uh, ESPN analysts did at the time because they just weren't paying people at that time. So, again, it goes to what we were talking about earlier, you know what I'm saying, get paid your worth. Or were we talking about that or were I talking about that? Anywho, so he went to Fox Sports 1 and he teamed up with the uh, the Super Coon uh <laughs> bad guy, the burger, the Burger King, Jason, burger. Jason, Jason Kuma. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it, it, a lot of their their rhetoric and their the fan base that they tap dance for are usually conservatives or right leaning people, or you know that that crowd, the Fox the Fox News crowd, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of surprised me because Marcellus was super cool on the radio on, on ESPN. But something happened somewhere, I don't know. And I guess he was uh had his awakening. And we'll just read the tweet and we'll get y'all we'll get y'all's takes before we wrap it up. He tweeted out, white privilege doesn't exist. You know that implies black disadvantage. The son, the man, husband, father, and victor in me will never buy into such limiting thoughts. My skin is not a sin. I stand tall, not slouch, on my parents and ancestors endured shoulders hashtag unlearn and we will roll the ball out to the court and whoever wants to dissect this first please please go ahead i think he had a lot of thoughts that all none of them made sense and he just put them all into one tweet because like uh <laughs> yes white privilege does imply black disadvantage uh because black people historically have been disadvantaged uh, and so like yeah, so you you are saying that is a true statement. White privilege does imply disadvantage, and then everything after that is completely uh, nonsensical. I think that people like Marcellus Wiley um, and people who like Marcellus Wiley, usually conservatives, um, like to look at themselves as anomalies or as look at their very unique story as indicative of the whole and what the whole can do. So Marcellus was able to beat, quote unquote, beat. I don't think any of us ever really beat black, being disadvantaged, disadvantaged as black people and people of color in this country and around the world. Um, but, you know, for conversations uh, purpose, he was he managed to beat that disadvantage and go on to make money and, you know, get out of whatever situation he was in. And now he's on TV and he gets to tell us things. Right. Yeah. He gets to tell us things and talk and that's his job. And, you know, applause goes for that. But like there are still tons of us more than you can count that are living at or below poverty or like right at middle class or scraping by who are still being, you know, held down by black disadvantage because of a privilege that whiteness or your proximity to whiteness can bring. So I don't know why more people don't shut up. Well, just looking at the comments tells you everything you need to know because you can see the people that are agreeing with him look a certain way versus the people that are disagreeing with him. And I'll let you make that distinction in your head. But even just real quick to the white privilege part, man, like, all right, so the first job I ever had was at Zaxby's, right? And I distinctly remember that they were looking to hire people. They had like a chair. They were still building the building. They had a chair set out, you know, applications or whatever. Now, there could have been various other factors. Like I was... I had a bit of a goon, goonish look back then, but you know what? You can't judge me on my looks. I'd have been back in the kitchen anyways. It didn't matter. 
But I took the time to fill out an application, sit down with the white people who like, yo, I'm trying to get this job. Cool, whatever. I don't get hired. So probably about a couple months, maybe a year later, a couple of my homeboys are a little bit more clean cut and non-scary-ish, I guess, to white people. They got jobs there. You you know one of them. You might know two of them. But um, I, I got hired there. Yeah, you got. Oh, you didn't work there that long. <laughs> I showed up. The money wasn't right, and I quit. <laughs> All right, well, I, I we digress. So, anywho, one of them put me in, and I got hired via another manager. These were the the owners that were doing the hiring. So, probably like two years later, I randomly talking to one of the white dudes. We were just cleaning up, and we was like doing our thing or whatever. And uh, we were just talking about how we got hired. And I was like, yeah, man, I put in the application. They didn't call me back or whatever. And he was like, oh, wow. Like, I was just walking home from school, and I walked past the table. And I'm like, yo, do you want a job? And he was like, all right. I was like, what the fuck? Like, are you serious? Like, they just gave you a job. You, were, you didn't even want a job. You were just walking home. You just got a job. And I'm like, bro, come on. I was like, all right, man. White privilege don't exist, though. The concept of white privilege that I I always knew it exists, but like it became most glaring to me in graduate school when it's time for everybody to start graduating and going to go get jobs. And like I was putting in application after application. I know I was it, it was at least 150 applications a month. Yeah. It was just like, no, nah, I got hired in the sales office and now I'm this I'm like but like, I know like I have these qualifications and I worked here and I wrote papers on this and my grades look like that and I've done this and you just got a job. And I didn't have a job for three months. And the only reason I have the job that I have now is because I busted my butt 40 hours a week as a full-time graduate student. And the HR lady remembered me. Like if I, I, I feel like if I would have applied without having that connection to the company, I would probably still not have a job. Um, and so it's especially in academia is where I notice the concept of white privilege the most because the some of these kids don't do jack squat and end up being project managers before they're 30. And it's just like, how how is this happening? How are we on the same playing field? But I don't get any of the same benefits that you get. Well, these things can't coexist. Anybody else on the, the white privilege? What are y'all? What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, they got law. They got laws and policies in place to keep black people and other people of color down, and to keep white people running the way things are. And it's not a thing where they're, you know, uh, they're they're not white privilege. Isn't you know propping white people up as far as like giving them a one up, but it's just giving them the opportunity to go through life without having to worry about all the other things that black people have to worry about. So like, there were, I saw a story where a black woman, she filled out an application and she had, her name sounded ethnic or black or whatever. And she didn't get the job. 30 days, 30 days later, she changed the name to her middle name, which is more Americanized and a more, I guess, white sounding name. And she got the job. Didn't change anything about the application, just changed the name, and she got the job. White people don't have to worry about that. That's white privilege. It's not, hey, we're just going to give this white person a job. It's, I look at your name, that name sounds black. Put it in the trash. Black <laughs> people don't have to deal with that. Oh, my and, God. I mean, it's, 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 she did that. Like She showed it to the people. She's like, it's the same. Like, And I don't know if she 
accepted the job. I don't know if I'd want to work there. Like I mess traits as a lawyer, dog. We about to own that place. Oh, I'm, I'm getting a bag off of that one. But it's almost like those are the things that you have to worry about. Like we all know the thing. Like I'm, I, I'm guilty of this too. Like if I'm uh, walking down the street, or if I'm going to check the mail, or if I'm in the mall, or if I'm anywhere, and there's there's a white woman walking towards me that doesn't see me. Like I see her, but she doesn't see me. I make sure to like cough or to drag my feet to let her know ahead of time. Like, Hey, I'm, you see me, right? I'm, I'm good. Like, well, I don't, I don't want to surprise you. I don't want to, I don't want to walk past you. And all of a sudden I'm like this close to you by the time you see me. And now you're freaking out and you, you fall over. Now I'm standing over this white woman. I got a beard. I got tattoos. And now I'm a suspect. Oh, you you look like the guy that just robbed the bank down the street. He's between five five and six five. He's light skin and dark skin. He's got facial hair and a beard. I'm like, nigga, what? Like, nah, I don't want all that. I don't want those problems. So, I just try to make sure that my presence is known around certain people and white people. White people just walk around aimlessly, like without a care in the world. They don't think about that kind of stuff at all. They have no concept of what it's like. Well, I've been black all my life, so. I've definitely experienced segregation and racism. So white privilege does exist. I just feel like Marcellus just has had, he got that 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 rich man uh syndrome. He was already rich though. He had like he, he had like six million dollars worth of contracts. He finessed Jacksonville for quite a bit of money at one point as well. But and he, also, he money and he got ESPN money. There is value in being shocking and getting people to react to the foolishness you say. So, I mean, it could, I mean, I, I hate to believe that these are his true thoughts. Uh, I think just a part of me wants to rationalize it with it being um, a ploy to get more attention on him and Jason Whitlock. It worked for Jason Whitlock, for better or for worse. People had their eyes on Jason Whitlock just to see whatever whatever dumb stuff he would say. So I mean, I I would like to hope that these are not his true thoughts. But honestly, like Herschel Walker says weird stuff all the time. So I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Shout out to Georgia. <laughs> and Whitlock has his own YouTube channel, which was uh, it was like some sort of algorithm went through and they advertised that to me. So I'm like, I don't know what this YouTube algorithm is, but I don't know what about my search history because if you've seen my YouTube search history. There is no reason for Jason Whitlock's show to be advertised to me or or President Trump. Like, why are you advertising that to me? You see what I look at on YouTube. Yeah, you know I'm not for this man. God, I don't know what's going on. But anywho, yeah, man, I, we could probably have a discussion for three hours, but we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, anybody got any shout outs? Uh, shout out to, to El Chapo. Shout out to uh, Gift Queen. Shout out to... Everybody that's been listening, Lakers just dog pounded the Rockets, so they're in the uh, Western oh, Conference Finals. And hopefully, I think hopefully. Georgia Tech won, the Braves won. Yeah, shout yeah. out to the Braves for the twenty nine nine night. Um, so Florida State lost. Yeah, yeah, they did. Fuck oh. Florida State. Florida State yeah. trash. Damn, that's Free I Shoes mean. University. Shout out to Naomi um, Osaka too. She came back oh, and yeah. won the U.S. Open three times. Uh, yep. Yeah, she's a three-time champ for her career and uh, all the majors. And I believe she's the first woman in history to uh, win the win a major after being down the first set. Uh, she came back. She lost the first set and came back and won the the final two. So shout out to Naomi Osaka. Um, shout out to YBN Corday for almost squatting in her pictures, but then having to remember that 
it ain't you can't do that <laughs> well, well speaking speaking of her like her success her and like uh sloan stevens mm-hmm. their success is the reason why i have venus and serena when it comes to influence over their sport over tiger woods like if you you can look at serena and venus williams and like kind of go down and be like hey these are the fruits of what they've done throughout their career you look at Tiger Woods, and I'm not saying it's all on Tiger Woods. It's mostly on the, sp- the the sport of golf, and the it's a boys' club, a country club type sport. So it's super hard to get into it. But it's also hard to get into tennis. We don't have that young black guy or young black woman coming up in golf and winning and, and I don't want to say dominating, but you know, winning championships. Serena Williams and Venus Williams. We have two young black girls that are coming up and winning championships. They're not just out here participating. So the it's almost like being uh, you know, Bill Belichick and having other, you know, your former offensive coordinator becomes a head coach and wins a Super Bowl, stuff like that. And Tiger Woods doesn't have that, but uh, Serena, Serena and Venus do. So shout out to them. I definitely agree with you on that. And me being on this podcast as the only brother on here that has an award in tennis and did play for the high school that I went to, uh, shout out to me for holding it down. Uh, also, if you guys have been following me on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, definitely went ahead and lost 22 pounds in two and a half weeks. Oh, uh, wow. Amazing. Yes, ma'am. Juice life is for life. Uh, feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? Uh, shout out to everybody who's been holding it down um, and been rocking with us. I will be bringing back uh, the other podcasts here as soon as this journey's over. And yeah, shout out to El Chapa. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step two, step two, step two. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Joy, any shout outs? To y'all, that's about it. For me, it's yeah. bad past my bedtime. I'm usually oh, in the bed oh, at nine man, o'clock. Get out of here, man. I bet I, I'm on, I'm I'm on a different coast. I'm over here. Like, <laughs> I know y'all see my background on God. Like, being a being a mama, man, I'm out at like 8, 8, 8 30, 9 o'clock, man. Shoot. Oh, like, I'm worn out. But no, this was great, you know, to join you all and to just hear, like, different um aspects of what people think about the, the various topics that you put out there so no shout out to you all so other than that nah it is what it is you know just waiting on that game tomorrow oh yeah i have a, uh, we didn't say anything about that but i got the falcons winning uh i think i've said 31 to i, I said 31 27 but i'm gonna say 31 24 ish now i'll go 31 27 but, I think I said uh, 31 24, but I, I, I put us at 11 and 5, which I don't think that's going to be enough. And mm-hmm. then I, I looked at the, the injury report, and I'm just like, Lord God, the whole cornerback situation, I don't know what the hell we going to do. I mean, if we if we halfway coach our team up a little bit better than last year, then we'll be fine. But uh, shout out to uh, Jeff Queen holding it down with Dirty Renee's report. She's out here putting out this content. Definitely subscribe to the page. Shout out to the homie Jalen, the the reclusive one, the 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 gentle giant. Shout out to KJ Dallas kid. Shout out to everybody who fucks with the podcast. They'll be subscribed on Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Drop a comment on SoundCloud. Join the stream. All that junk. And, and real quick, we're talking about Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods definitely has a uh, multiple only only fan subscriptions. He looks like the type. I'm he done. Def- he, he definitely is the type that has an only fans. Who spends a lot more money than he should on only fans. I, I guarantee you that. But. Anywho, this is the uh, KTSC app. 
Appreciate y'all. We out. Peace. Mulatto is a horrible stage name. Who? Mulatto. Yeah, she's not. She's already said she's not getting rid of that. Shout out to Flo Millie. Shout out to Day Sulan. That, that, know, that's my niece. Yes, listen to Day Sulan. Equinox is a great song. Shout out to Compton. We out. Peace. Okay, so off the record.